Hello, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast on Mike with Jordan Rich. Basic contact information, Jordan at chartproductions.com. That's C-H-A-R-T, chartproductions.com. On Twitter, it's at JordanWEZ, and it's Jordan Rich Show on Facebook. And I want to remind you to check out our sister podcast, On Mike with Jordan Rich Late Night Classics. You can download that on the iHeart app and on all major platforms. Well, today we're going to have a lot of fun with a professional singer, comic, and impressionist by the name of Joey Voices. That's his stage name. His real name is Joey Noon, but he's known to thousands as Joey Voices. And just to give you a little sense as to what he's all about, here's Joey channeling some famous folk like Joe Cocker. What would you do if I sang all the tune? Would you stand over God on? Joey Voices as Al Green. Here's a guy who gets very little respect. Boy, I tell you, it's me, Rodney, yeah. Boy, have I got a problem, okay? I tell you, yeah. Yeah, last night my wife, she met me at the door wearing nothing but a negligee. Problem is she was just getting home, you know? Hey, I tell you. Of course, there's the king. Oh, see, 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 right. Oh, see what you have done. And Joey Voices presents another Joe, Joe Pesci. Yeah, you doing? It's just Joe Pesci. Funny how? Funny how? What do you mean funny? The way I talk? Funny how? Funny like I'm clowning and I amuse you? I'm here to freaking amuse you? Well, he's obviously a super talented guy and a lot of fun. Joey's also an author and public speaker. His book is entitled, Good Things Are Supposed to Happen to You. They've certainly happened to Joey, and he's here to share his story and maybe some more characters with us. So, Joey Voices, let's go on, Mike. What a treat this is, and I not only have one guy, I've got a thousand guys, and maybe a few women in the studio with well, us. Well, hoo Pacino, <laughs> or should I say, Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade, U.S. Army retired, hoo Oh, there you go. He's Joey Voices, a.k.a. Joey Noon. And you and I have crossed paths for years, and it's a small world, the world of stand-up and performance, isn't it? Absolutely. And i got to tell you, you helped me throughout my career. You've had me on your show a a few different times when you were over on BZ. And i got to tell you, I want to thank you for that. I never forgot that. Well, that's the thing about... what we all do. We, we need each other and we want to support each other. First of all, congratulations. We're going to talk about your new book. We're going to talk about your performing and all that, but you look fantastic. Thank you. You look as happy as I've ever seen. I'm very happy. And I got to tell you, I went through a midlife crisis at 40. I'm 47 now. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to get out of it, but I had to learn. And once I graduated seminary, uh, I got a master's in theology after seven years of theological seminary. I was going to be a minister, but it was just too time consuming. I would have had to give up performing and I didn't really want to do that. So um, once, you know, I graduated there, I started studying the law of attraction and quantum entanglement, which Mm -hmm. is, I know that's above a lot of people's heads, but it was mine too until I got into studying it. And it's really about the law of energy and the human magnetism that we have. and, And that's all generated from your thoughts. And once I learned that, I learned how to come out of that midlife crisis. And it was the Lord, obviously I'm a, I'm a Christian, so right, right. it was God that got me through all of that and taught me the science of quantum entanglement and the law of attraction. And well, we'll jump back and forth if you don't mm-hmm. mind, but the, Re- mind. the Rico Petroselli intro, yeah. Rico, one of the great Red Sox stars of yeah. all time. One of my father's favorites. And he really summed it up because uh, yeah. he's a man of the Lord as well. Absolutely. He's a good Christian too. And 
We'll, we'll talk more about that, but let's back up a little bit because okay. we're emanating from Boston, of course. Uh, that's everybody knows now. That's where I'm from. And you're a kid who grew up where in Malden? Malden, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. which is a suburb right outside the city. Did you know at an early age that you'd be doing this at 47? Well, I'm the youngest of eight kids, four boys, four girls, and and a, and a very competitive Irish family. And I'm the only one my parents planned. And oh, jeez. My, my father sent me a birthday card on my 25th birthday. And he says, happy 25th birthday to the only one we planned. You're a quarter century old. So I called him on the phone. He says, hey, Pop, Dad, how you doing? He says, how you doing, Ace? He called me Ace. I said, I'm doing great. He says, he says, happy birthday. I said, thanks. I said, you really mean what you wrote in the card? He says, sure. He says, well, Dad, I says, I'm 25. I said, what took you so long? He says, I was busy. I said, well, I, I guess you were raising eight kids and oh working all those gosh. jobs. Wow. He says, I said, I don't know what to say, Dad. I love you. Thank you. He goes, don't thank me. Thank your mother. I was going to have a vasectomy. (laughs) So as a kid, I was really hyper. Yeah. And I suppose growing up in a large family like I did, you'd need energy like God gave me to be able to stand out and and get attention because- Do you perform in your family unit to try to stand out and get a little bit of it when you're among eight? That's what I did as a kid, not realizing it. I mean, music was my thing. I took to music- and mimicking the radio was a natural thing for me. Mm-hmm. Just trying to sound like what I heard, trying to mimic it. And I got better as I got older. And I went out to Vegas about 19 years ago, and I saw a guy named Danny Gans. Oh, He's the deep. late Danny Gans. Yeah, and I said, wow. It was like God sent me there. Mm-hmm. And I said, that guy is doing what I've been doing naturally. Mm-hmm. So once I realized he paved the road, and I realized I could put it in a show and make money, and I knew it was unique. I came back to Boston, and that's just what I did. And Joey Voices is known not only in the New England area, but across the country. All over the country, Gigs yeah. all over the place, and yeah. you're living that childhood dream. Yes. But, you know, I, I, the idea of doing, um, you know, impersonation or or characters is one thing, but then being able to sing as these wonderful characters. That's how it started out. So mu- talk about the music, first of all. W- were you trained as your vocal I never took singing lessons there? until... 2000, about 2001 or 2002, uh-huh. uh, my my good friend is Gary Sharon from uh, the lead singer for Extreme. Yes. More Than Words, That that's Gary Sharon. From He's Hudson, Ma- Mass. He was, no, Malden, Mass. Oh, I'm sorry. He's from Malden, Mass. But there were some from Hudson, I know that, because my late wife used to teach there, and there was okay. a big deal there. With, anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. So so I grew up next door to Gary. Okay. His mother was my gym teacher at the high school at Malden High. His dad was a World War to vet, he was a Malden guy. The whole family, I used to cut through their backyard to get to Amherst Park. So I grew up with Gary and his brothers. Gary's a little older than me. Okay. But I ran into Gary on Newbury Street one day, and I told him, how's the voice? He says, you know, I know you're starting out your career. How's your voice? And I says, you know, it's it's good. I go, it's, it can get a little tired sometimes. He says, call my friend Mark Baxter. He's my vocal coach, and he's Steven Tyler's vocal coach. Mm. And he's the vocal coach. He trains the cast of Rent a whole bunch of other famous people. He's got studios in Boston, LA, and New York. I called Mark Baxter and left him a voicemail. 20 minutes later, he calls me back. Listen, come into my thing on Tuesday and we'll, we'll get you started. Mm. From there on out, my voice got stronger and stronger. Did you learn breath control? Breath control. He taught me breathing exercises, oh, how to preserve my voice, how to warm up my voice, make it stronger. And if it wasn't for Mark Baxter and Gary Sharon, everything is who you know, right? Sure. And if it wasn't for those guys and, and, and Gary Sharon sending me to Mark Baxter, 
I don't know if I'd still be doing what I'm doing today. You do have to have, for the kind of work you do, an amazing ear. You've got to be able to hear something and then pick it apart to know how to take it and put it back together again. So what was the first great impression of yours when you were young? What was was the, the one? Michael Jackson. You'd, he Mike? was the easiest one to do. I mean, I haven't done it in a long time, but I could do it a little bit. She's out of my life. She's out of my life. Down on the weather to laugh or cry. I don't know whether. That's very good. Yeah, That's and I haven't a high done range. that. High, very high range. When yeah. I was a kid, I could hit the high notes. Now, yeah. as an adult, it's it's harder, but wow. I can still do it a little bit. Like she's out of my life, so I can do that much. But when it goes to the high notes, it's a lot harder. So it, It's interesting. Uh, I've followed your career and I've seen you in action and, and you literally have dozens, if not hundreds of, of, yeah. of voices out there. Is that a problem, though? And somebody says, hey, this guy says he does a thousand voices. Can you do Joe Schmo that nobody ever heard of? I mean, do, do people challenge you, in other words? Sure, they do. Even Danny Gans said, I don't do everybody's voice. I can do a lot of people's voices, but I don't do everybody's voice. Yeah. So sometimes people say, can you do this? Chances are, you know, I might be able to, but then again, maybe not. You've tried some that are just really out of your ball ballpark, out of your range. Louis Armstrong was very hard to get. My eyes would water, and I had to just practice it a thousand times until my voice was comfortable with it. And it was like, "Hello, Dolly, this is Louis Dolly. It's so <laughs> nice to have you back where you belong. Oh yeah." Well, people should obviously know that they probably uh, know this. Anyway, but you're doing the voice, the body, the whole bit. Yeah. You become the character. Absolutely. Right. And you have to. Like when I get into Ronnie Dangerfoot, I got to get the face. Hey, I'll tell you no respect. I'll tell you no respect at all. Yeah. I'll tell you, my wife and I, we were happy for 20 years. Yeah. Then we met. <laughs> <laughs> when we walked in together uh, and said hello, you immediately showed me your De Niro, which is spot on. And it's the face, the De Niro face. Uh, yo, you know. Listen, here's Robert De Niro buying ice cream from Louis the Ice Cream Man. Okay. <laughs> hey, Louis. Hey, Louis. Better have my ice cream, Louis. I'm going to break your legs. I will break your legs. I will put them back together. I will break them again. You hear me? Nah. You're always insulting me with the Italian ice. I like the <laughs> Italian ice. But you know what I really like? Huh? I like the cannonball. You know why? Got those little bitty gumballs at the bottom, little bit. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, first of all. You're a man of the cloth almost, and you're also a man of God, so you didn't use the typical De Niro invectives. So it's tempting. I never swear on my show. But here's the thing. You told me, and I want you to share with the audience, a little inside baseball tip about how you developed the De Niro. It was through a friend of ours, both yours and mine, Dave Russo, another great comic. Dave Russo, I call him. I dubbed him this, the hardest working guy in show business, because he is. He's all over the place. He's doing everything he can to always make a buck and to make people laugh. Dave's one of my best friends since we were kids. Unfortunately, my show and his show is kind of, when he does stand-up acts, he can't really include me because mine's like a Vegas act or I do Mm. music. It's mostly Mm. musical. It doesn't really fit with his kind of all stand-up thing. But when I do a show, I can have him come in and have him open my act. Right. So it kind of works on my end, but a lot tougher for him to, to pull off bringing me on board. But he um, taught me how to do the Robert De Niro, and I, he knew that I had it, and he goes, I'm going to teach you how to nail it. And somebody taught him. Bob Gattro taught him. Bob Gattro's a comic, mm-hmm. and he taught Dave. And Bob's another Malden guy. 
I just got a little mouth guys. Hey, I'll tell you. So so uh, Dave says, I want you to mouth the word mint. So I made the De Niro face and I said, mint. 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 He goes, but don't say it. Just mouth it. Mint. And that's how I nailed it. It was very simple. <laughs> I've uh, interviewed many who do what you do over the years. And I've always dabbled in character voices. It's so much fun. But it's uh, it's getting that little gesture or that little thing and and hyping it up a little bit, exaggerating it just enough yeah. so that people recognize that. Yeah. Is that a, is that the secret that I'm, I'm – am I hitting the secret there? Is that – That's it. Kind of- you know, a lot of times – and I learned over the years that it's, it's a lot easier to learn how to do an impression of somebody by watching somebody else do an impression of them. Yeah. And then, and then mocking what they do. It's a lot easier. Not that it's, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to do certain voices, but if you watch somebody else do it and how they do it, a lot of times it'll click. Right. Uh, you do Joe Pesci and you nail Joe Pesci. Just give us a taste since he's in the new movie. <laughs> how you doing, Jordan? This is Joe Pesci. I heard you think I'm funny. I'm funny, huh? What do you mean funny? Like I'm a clown? I amuse you? I'm here to amuse you. Listen. I'm here with my friend Joey Voices. I'm inside his head. I live here. I make pasta. I feed him every day. I feed him meatballs. I'm his nourishment. Don't you ever forget it. I'm the only reason Joey Voices is out here today. I'm the only reason. Me. (laughs) That's brilliant. I think I want my money back. Spot on. (laughs) Spot on. It's so much fun. So we're talking with Joey Voices. Joey Noon is his his born name, and he's become known all over this region and beyond for just being a dynamic performer. Uh, before we get to the book, because I want to spend some time with you on that, uh, the the range of voices. You do African-American performers. You yep. do ladies. You Al do- Green. I guess I'm Al Green. Okay. Al Green. The Reverend. A fellow The Reverend man of Al Green. I'm, I'm so in love with you. Whatever you want to do. Is all right with me, cause you make me feel so brand new. It's a little bit for now, Green. <laughs> Jumping off there, got a little crack in the voice flavor. But it's you know? fun, isn't it? Yeah, to, all- and and your reaction from people is <clears throat> yeah. because it's what they know. They are yes. familiar with it, so it's such a cool thing. Steve Sweeney always. Steve Sweeney. Everyone knows Steve Sweeney, comedian actor. Yep. His movie, his new movie, just came out. Uh, Sweeney Killing Sweeney. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's a great movie. He called me up about six months ago. My phone rings. It says Steve Sweeney. He's like, okay, what's going on, brother? He goes, hey, Joey, this is Steve Sweeney. I'm on my way to see Michael McDonald. He says, that's my favorite impression of Michael McDonald that you do. He goes, do Michael McDonald's voice for me while I'm on my way to the concert. (laughs) So he's driving on the way to the concert. And I'm like going, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. <laughs> I was raised here in this living hell. Oh, he goes, ah, oh, that's music to my ears. He goes, that's all I wanted to hear. He goes, I'll talk to you later. Click. <laughs> he doesn't even say goodbye. He just click, hangs that's up on beautiful. me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. One of the funny moments of my career, Steve Sweeney calling me on his way to a Michael McDonald concert. Now, here's, here's a question. <laughs> One more showbiz question before we move on to the book, and that is, you're based here. You're never left the, the area. You're a yeah. part of our our DNA. Yes. But is that at all a hindrance to going further? In other words, if you lived in Vegas, if you were on the West Coast, what would that mean, if anything? Very good question. Uh, years ago, uh, I got a phone call from an agent in Vegas wanted to sign me. I read the contract, and I understood that they basically wanted blood. They wanted me to do all the performing. They make most of the money. I knew it was a foot in the door. I could have taken advantage of that, 
gone out there and then waited after the year of so whatever mm. the contract's up. And then kind of while I was out there, got something better. I didn't really want to uproot my life. And I had started seminary back in 01 and I quit. And I wanted to start it and finish what I started. And that was always irking me and bothering me that I quit. So I started seminary. I chose to go to seminary instead of going to Vegas. I figured God will bless me down the road. I'll get a break somewhere down the road. I'll just make money performing, making people laugh, putting smiles in people's hearts. And I'll get my education in seminary and see where the Lord leads me. I went to seminary, but halfway through seminary, I realized that it wasn't my calling because I would have had to give up performing. Right. But I didn't want to quit again. So I finished and followed through, and I went seven years, got my master's in theology, graduated in 14, went through some personal things, so I didn't go for my doctorate. But I was going to go for my doctorate. I figured, I'll get my doctorate. If God doesn't call me to preach, maybe I'll open up a shrink practice and people who have voices can come see Dr. Voices. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't really work out. Yeah. But I got my master's and and now I, I ended up writing books, which I never dreamed in a million years I'd do. Yeah. I've written five books. This is the first one finally released. The second and third one will be out this year. And I wrote a book about JFK. The book is so that's called, going to be coming out. The book is called Good Things Are Supposed to Happen to You. Now, that's prior right. to this discovery in your life of of the important things in life yep. were were you ever of the mind that good things weren't happening to you no they, i always you, believed that they were supposed to okay. happen to me but i knew that a lot of people out there were not because i realized that a lot of people have a really negative mindset because when one bad thing happens to them they just you know start thinking negatively and by doing that they're feeding more negative things to happen mm -hmm. to them and as they start doing that, they create a state of being. And the longer that state of being goes, eventually it becomes a personality trait. It makes it much harder to change. So your thoughts create your feelings. Your combined thoughts and feelings create your state of being. Dr. Joe Dispenza is one of the leading neuroscientists out there. He healed himself from paralysis. Mm. Before he got paralyzed, he was one of the, the leading teachers in spontaneous healing. And then he had, coincidentally had a bike accident during a triathlon he became mm. paralyzed mm. and he said well now's the best time to practice what i've been teaching he healed himself yeah the power of the mind and yeah. and the body and the soul connection is yeah. incomparable Her herbert benson proved it at harvard uh you know and there's so many other great studies science and and um mystery have combined to bring yeah. us yeah. a more exciting life well nerve cell nerve cells that fire together wire together mm. so the longer you can stay on a thought without breaking concentration, the longer those nerve cells are going to grow. And next thing you know, they grow. And when they connect, that's a new memory connection. And now that's second. It becomes second nature. And does that make you, I imagine I know the answer to this, but I'll ask anyway, does that make you a better performer on stage? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, psychologically, subconsciously, I'm sure that it does. Mm -hmm. I don't really consciously think about it. It's just something that I've been doing over the years. And I, whenever I find something that I love, a new impression, I just do it until I get it. And yeah, how, right. how important is it, obviously, for, for anybody to be successful in show business, how important is it to have this part of their life, I'm holding up the book, the, the part that really matters, the part that, you know, is inside, how important is it, do you think, for those performers out there to have that inner motor running right? They have to know who they are and what they stand for before they make it big in, in the industry, because if you don't know what you stand for, 
you'll fall for everything in this life. Mm. And there's too many people that become big time famous movie stars and, and, and performers and they don't know what they stand for, what they believe or what their life purpose is. There's got to be more to your life purpose than just going to work and making money and entertaining. You, there's got to be value. And yeah. this is my way of adding value to the world mm. on top of putting smiles in people's hearts. And my father taught me, you can't put a price tag on putting a smile on somebody's heart. My father said, that's your gift. Use it. And I said, okay, dad, that's not singing. He goes, no, not right now. <laughs> Where did I leave? Your father sounds like a hot ticket. <laughs> he was beautiful. He must have been great. God rest his soul. He was a God great guy. He's a lawyer. He was a trial attorney for 30 years in Middlesex wow. County. That's amazing. Heck of a trial I attorney. say amazing because I, I'm very familiar with the, the area, Malden, Everett, yeah. Melrose, that whole area. It's kind of like Brooklyn. There are a lot of very smart, creative, funny people who have come yeah. out of that area for some reason. And we feed each other. Yeah. We feed off each other. And it's your energy, your energy signature introduces you before you ever open your mouth. Yeah. So your energy signature is created by your thoughts, which creates your feelings. And combined, that's a very powerful Thing. Let's talk about how people can get a copy of your new book, which is called Good Things Are Supposed to Happen to You by Joey Noon, N-O-O-N-E. Is it available now? Yes, you can get it on online. Amazon. Perfect. Or if you want a signed copy, you can get it at joeyvoices.com. And when I record the audio book, you'll get a, I'll send you a free audio book. If you get oh. it through the website, I'll send, I'll Terrific. personalize it to you. Terrific. Yeah. So getting back to what you do on stage, are you constantly looking for new material, new people to have fun with? Well, I got so much stuff that I utilize what I have, and then I'll switch things around. I'll take things out. I'll put new things in. I try to add one or two new things every year. Yeah. But I, the nucleus of the show is very powerful, and it's a musical act. You know, so it's almost like people, let's say you wanted to go see Barry Manilow. Well, you love Barry Manilow's songs. Barry Manilow could come out with new stuff all the time. But when you go to see Barry Manilow, you want to hear the songs that you play with. Want to hear the hits. With. The hits. The hits. Right. So my stuff, I bring in, I bring the hits of all these artists when they come to the show. I'll add new things in, but I bring the hits every time people come out to see me. So it's not like going to a comedy act where you want to hear new jokes. Yeah. It's Ray different. Charles, Yeah, I, I met him uh, years ago and what a thrill that was. And he was one of the most eclectic and electric of performers of all time. Wonderful guy. Your Ray Charles is fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Can you share a absolutely, little bit of Ray Absolutely. Absolutely. Bury girl with the red dress on. Rick Burling all night long. Oh yeah. Hey, hey. Tell me what I say now. Tell me what I say. Oh, woman, oh, woman, don't treat me so mean. You're the meanest old woman I've never seen. I guess if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's it, it's such a treat to have you with me behind the microphone because Thank it's, you. it's you and all of that creative <laughs> stuff flowing around in that beautiful head of yours. And stuff just comes to me. I'm going to give you an example of yeah. something that came to me and I didn't even realize that I had written the joke. It just happened. So I'm doing a commercial for Pearl Street Station Restaurant. We both know that restaurant, right? It's a lovely in restaurant Malden. in the Malden area. Yep, yep in yep, Malden. 53 Summer Street, Malden. And I'm doing a commercial for them. And it's me with all of my friends, all the voices, right? Mm -hmm. So I had this thing where I do Robert De Niro and I go, I said, and the fried ice cream will tickle your tonsils. Now the fried ice cream is a big dish that they have, a dessert. Mm -hmm. So the fried ice cream will tickle your tonsils. And so I come out and I go, when does Al Pacino eat ice cream? Any given Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, like Yeah, Sunday. I get it. I didn't realize that I had written that joke. I was just throwing that in there because it, I didn't realize it was Sunday. I didn't get it. Oh. Everybody's laughing. I'm like, 
Wow, it's funnier than I thought it would be. I just kind of threw that punchline. See, in that's there. my kind of humor. That's the pun, which is the lowest form. Yeah, but my mind. Mm. People love puns. Of you course. call it the lowest form all you want. I that's I love the, the fact that it's the lowest. Form. I love that if yeah. it's the lowest form of of uh, best humor. kind of humor because it's simple. It's simple, and it's that's fun. where brilliance lies. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's um, and then the Al Pacino comes in and goes, "You got to fight for every scoop." You know, like in a, every given Sunday, because you got to fight for every inch. You got to yeah. fight for every scoop. Whoa! And I kind of combined him and any given Sunday with Colonel Frank Slade. And why not? Like, yeah. Why not? Just some of these know. people that you do, though, are because they're performers and sort of larger than life. They are easy to do. I mean, some people seem to be very like, for instance, in the old days. You'd watch uh, John Biner or obviously Rich Little and people like that, yeah. and they would go after uh, you know John Wayne, yeah. uh, Jack Benny. See, yeah, they do all good. those things. Well, yeah, yeah. I, and and you do a good Jimmy Stewart, who's still. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, now wait just a minute, eh? Uh, uh, my name is Jimmy Stewart. I'm here to say a few words about the Jordan Rich podcast. <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the question for you before we wrap up. Do you find that occasionally you're doing a show and you're killing? Yeah. And all of a sudden you're, you're doing a particular personality and the younger people in the audience look at you like you have three heads. Who's that? Because I've had I've mentioned names to people. Yeah. You know, Humphrey Boga. Who's that? You know, yeah. it's like it's weird because they you know why a lot of the a lot of younger generation, their parents weren't really into that. Their parents might have been. Yeah. But they might not have followed in their parents, like watching the old movies and stuff, you know. Yeah. But we're from that generation. You know, I'm the youngest of that generation. I'm 47. Yeah. I grew up around, my parents were 35 years older than me. So I grew up listening to Sinatra and and, and, and Bobby Darren and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And Tony Bennett. Hello, everybody. I'm Tony Bennett. When I come home to you, Jordan Rich, baby. My favorite place to shine. Thank you very much. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one because he does often do acapella. He yeah, does. Tony Bennett's great. He's 93 and he's still oh, going strong. He's wonderful. Well, he's obviously figured out what you figured out. Yes. You know, that the mind is where it's all at. And it keeps you young, Jordan. Yeah, it does. Hey, you look young. I it's, feel great, yeah. man. I, I'm I mean, loving what I do. And you obviously love what you do, and I, I think do. that's what comes through. Well, Joey, I'm thrilled that you made it here to the podcast. Joey Noon is his real name, yep. N-O-O-N-E. Not to be confused with Joey No One. You're a somebody, not a no one. That's right, and I just learned how to say my last name in Chinese. I want you to repeat after me. Lan. Lan. Chao. Chao. Wa. Wa. Lan Chao Wa. That's a stupid joke. It's Fell a throwaway. right into that, yeah. <laughs> Some dumb guy. That's yeah. me, you know. The, Anyway, Joey, uh, joeyvoices.com. Thank you so much. Jordan, Good luck. thank you very much for having me. And uh, if you want to buy the book, go to Amazon, look up Joey Noon. Good things are supposed to happen to you. Do you believe that, folks? I hope that you do because there's a lot of people that don't. And the first thing, my last advice I'd like to leave you, there's two things I want to say. First thing, don't put on the news first thing you wake up in the morning because your mind is only working at about 12 wave cycles per second, which means that it's the most recordable. So that's why that song that comes on the radio when your alarm clock mm. goes off sticks in your head all morning. That's why. Put on something motivational, inspirational, and I promise you, it will set the spirit and tone for the rest of your day. And I want you to remember one more thing. It's not the minutes at the dinner table that make you fat. It's the seconds. <laughs> you got a gift. Nah, a little bit. Hey, Thank you. A little bit. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. God bless you. My thanks once again to... 
Joey Voices, a.k.a. Joey Noon, the author of a brand new book entitled Good Things Are Supposed to Happen to You, available on Amazon. This podcast is available anywhere podcasts are downloaded. We appreciate you listening. And well into 2020, we've got an amazing lineup of guests coming your way because this podcast is all about real conversation with fascinating people. So until next time, this is Jordan saying, as always, be well so you can do a lot of good. Take care.